When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on The Horn. Hour 2 on The Sports Complex on a Tuesday afternoon. Some more of your texts, 512-337-3776. We try and get to every text we can here on the show, so send those in, 512-337-3776. We're asking you how many losses will Texas have this regular season. Also going to get into a little NFL talk about last night's game and a trend in the first couple weeks, something to look out for, how it related back to Texas football, uh, and get you ready for MLB. Rangers taking over at 6.30, doing pregame. Another big game against the Red Sox tonight. Astros lost last night. Rangers lost last night. Mariners won last night. Means the Rangers and Mariners now tied at one and a half games back from the Astros for the AOS lead. That wild card spot is up in the air as well. So another big thing there for the uh, Astros and Rangers to be looking at. Uh, Rangers also, that, that Red Sox series is big because the, the Red Sox, as much as they're not doing well, are kind of trying to hop into that wild card as well. I don't know how far out they are, but that you're trying to keep guys out of that wild card now. You want to keep that second wild card spot, so you got to fight for that one. Even if you don't win the AL West, you kind of got to find something to get into. Uh, Valdi on the mound tonight for the Rangers. Hunter Brown on the mound for the Astros. And Luis Castillo on the mound for the Mariners. But the Astros and Rangers are playing decent teams tonight. And the Mariners are playing the A's. So Astros and Rangers need to step it up or else the A's can try and get ahead of them uh, tonight and move ahead in that schedule and try and make up another game on the Astros. They'll be taking over at 630. Let's get back to the text line real quick. You guys keep sending in 512-337-3776. When's the last time UT put 73 on anyone? That's their killer mentality. You know, I, I get in the OU, they put up 63 and 76. They put up a bunch of points. They they went for it. Uh, that you want Texas to be a little bit more. I, I You know what? That doesn't mean anything to me, that you you beat up on Tulsa and you beat up on Arkansas State. I like You know what? You did good. That's what you need to do. If you're Brent Venables, you need to go and do it. Uh, I, I'm not saying it's more impressive what Texas did, because that's not true either by any stretch of the imagination. It's not true to, you know, be close enough. And you're still 21-point win over Wyoming. But, you know, I, I think that – and you schedule these games far enough out. I'm not trying to take a shot at Oklahoma, but I'm just saying that doesn't worry me as much because they go, well, how much are you tested? You know, that SMU game tested you. You didn't look great in that. You know, you won that one by 17, but in all reality, you shouldn't have. You got a late turnover. That should have been a one-score game. That could have easily been a one-score game against SMU. So the one game you played against a decent opponent was actually a close game. So I'm not as worried about that game and not as worried uh, about Sark and or about Oklahoma and what that goes. And as far as Texas not blowing teams out, good. Balance. 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 Just win the games. Go ahead and move forward. Don't try and get cute. And all of a sudden you throw a, a you know another touch, you throw an interception, you start to mess up Quinn. You start to, 
You, you know, you start to get, seep into his mind. He starts to get his bad habits back because you're putting the ball up and you're missing plays. Those types of things, I just I don't want to see that. So I'm fine with being a balanced team that is winning football games. I don't need to see him, you know, score 70 points. Would I have loved it? Yeah, because if he's doing it the right way, great. But I'd rather him play the right way, win the games, than try and go over the top and in that Wyoming game at the end of the game instead of running Jonathan Brooks over and over again and just winning the game to start airing the ball out and risking – you know, having and honestly, they would have, they should have scored another touchdown, if not two. If Jaden Blue doesn't fumble the football, they score another touchdown easy in that game, and they win by four touchdowns. I don't need to see seventy. I'd love to see it. Would love to see it. Don't need to. K State just lost to Mizzou. Not worried about them anymore. I look. K State's going to get better. They're a team that uh, progresses. They do not regress. They progress throughout the season. Uh, that's why they were able to play TCU so well in the championship game. They're just a better team as the season goes on. Historically, uh, I you know that game they made some real big mistakes that they're going to have to shore up. Uh, zero losses, zero losses and blowout OU twice in one year. I love it. I love it. I'm a fan of uh, of that. That uh, I'm a fan of anybody with the Kool Aid. I'm a fan of it. And, uh, Nate, you know I can't read your things, Nate. I can't read any of the things you type in here. They're just, they're too dirty. <laughs> I appreciate you texting in, though, Nate. Uh, here's something to do with your big theme. Alabama is the biggest zero lines in the country, ranging from 360 to 320, and yet they can't protect the quarterback and open up holes for the run. Uh, that is uh, Bruce, my boy Bruce from Vallejo, talking about some Alabama football and that they are big. And, yeah, no, look, Alabama's O-line, they're, look, the reality of Alabama, if you want to get on to Texas fans, you know, saying that Alabama's not as good, they have two. They don't have a quarterback, which we told you at the beginning of the season. Mil, uh, Milrow is their best quarterback. And they played two other scrubs that t- Tommy Reese wanted to bring in. They don't have a. There's a reason Milrow beat him out, and he's not a great quarterback. You got to have a good quarterback in today's game. They just don't have one. It, it, it's, they're they're a good team. The defense is really good. I appreciate it, Nate. I appreciate it. Uh, something uh, we'll go over the couple games, and I want to tell you the trend I've seen uh, that ties back into Texas. Saints, of course, beat the Panthers 20 to 17. We knew it was going to be close. There was a flurry of scoring at the end of the game. It was pretty much a very low scoring, pretty boring game. Uh, once uh, the Saints get Kamara back, this team will be okay. I think they will probably win the division, but, you know, the Falcons are going to give them trouble. But Panthers are going to have similar problems to the Texans that until you can run the ball, you're going to have issues. We'll get into that in a second. Browns and Steelers. Now, this is a weird game because this goes against. What you're thinking, the Steelers basically come out of this. Deshaun Watson can't throw the ball, so they run the ball, but they run the ball well. Nick Chubb gets hurt, they still run the ball well. But the Steelers get two big, costly turnovers. They get four turnovers completely, but they win the turnover margin by two, and two of those turn into touchdowns. It gives the Steelers a win. It's a defensive win, uh, clearly, for the Steelers. The Steelers want a new offense. They don't want Matt Canada anymore, and I get it. And I'll tell you what Matt Canada is doing. That I don't like. I'll tell you why the, the problem the Panthers are going to have this season. The problem that Texans are having this season. And this is a thing that NFL teams and teams that are young and certain coaches have a hard time figuring out. But the ones that have success, no. It's that you have to be able to run the ball in the, in the NFL. You have to be able to run the ball in the NFL. Now, I'm not saying you have to run the ball all the time. I'm not saying you have to run the ball 
an insane amount of times. You have to you have to be a run based team. You don't have to do that, but you have to be able to run the ball. So we're two we're through two weeks now, and if you're looking at the record of teams with more rushing attempts through two than the other team through two weeks, so they have more rushing attempts than their opponents. Those teams are twenty six and six. I'm going to tell you I understand that there is a big caveat on all this that winning teams that winning teams will you know if you're if you're playing that kind of way that you're probably going to have more runs than the other team because they're trying to catch up at the end of the game and you're already ahead so you're going to try and run at the clock you're going to have more runs. Now some of these are closer, some of these are five or six runs difference, a couple runs difference. I can tell you Tampa Bay and Miami both won their games. Both were tied in carries. I didn't put them uh, in the the. Uh, they tied the, the amount of carries and rushes they had. So there's there's some games where that doesn't matter as much. But twenty six and six, the team with more rushing attempts through through two weeks, right? More rushing attempts than the opponent. The Panthers had six more attempts than the Falcons in week one. So these are the teams. This is for the teams that are the six teams that broke the trend. That. Had more that the team that lost had more rushing attempts than the team that won. The Panthers had six more attempts than the Falcons in week one, but the Falcons ran the ball more than they threw it. They just ran 24 less plays. So that's a way. We'll take that one off. We're not counting that one because they, they, clearly the Falcons ran the ball. In week two, the Texans had three more rushes than the Colts. Texans ran 23 more plays. The Colts did 10 more pass plays than runs. Uh, had 10 more pass plays than runs. The Texans had 21. So clearly the, the metric is the Colts still ran the ball more. So it's in there. And these are bad teams. And bad teams kind of mess up these trends as well. The Lions had two more rushes than the Seahawks in week two. The Lions turned the ball over three times. The Browns had 14 more carries than the Steelers in week two. They had four turnovers, two turning into defensive touchdowns. If you turn the ball over, it doesn't matter how well you run the ball. You're going to lose games. Also, the Cardinals had more uh had two more rushes than the Giants in Week 2. Saquon Barkley gets hurt in that game. The Giants would have kept running it, and the Cardinals are just a bad team. So there's really only one game that mocks this trend, and it's because of the defense, but it's not because of good defense. It's because of bad defense, and that's the Chargers in Week 1, and that the fact that they never figured out or they never changed what they were doing to adapt to how Miami was destroying them through the air. So clearly the Chargers ran the ball more. Miami was just dominating them through the air. Chargers never adapted to Miami's passing game. They end up losing that game. So I get you want to pass the ball. 26-6 and six when you run the ball more than your opponents. Now let's look at if you run the ball more than you pass the ball. 16-1 and one are teams in the first two weeks who run the ball more than they passed it. More run plays than pass plays. And that's not, we're not even counting in short passing. 16-1. and one. You know that one loss? That's that Chargers game. The one where Brandon Staley should be fired for. The one that Brandon Sailor shouldn't have a job anymore. They could have beat Miami. I know that offense looked electric, but it helps when you're playing man coverage and they're getting beat. So 16-1 and one for teams that had more rushing attempts and passes through two weeks. So if you in the first two weeks of the season, 16-1 and one if you ran the ball more than you passed it. And if you want to say it's all just because of the, you know, because teams are running away with it, Jacksonville scored 14 uh, points in the fourth quarter in week one. They ran the ball more than they passed it. Las Vegas won by one in week one. Ran the ball more than they passed it. The Jets ran the ball more than they passed it. Win the game in week one on the last play. Atlanta scores 13 points in the fourth quarter in week two. They win that game. Run the ball more than they pass it. 
You got to run the ball. You have to run the ball. There is no two ways about this. You have to be able to run the ball. If you want to go the other way, if you say, man, you're crazy, you know passing does it. The teams in the first two weeks who have had 10 more passes than runs. So any team who has passed the ball 10 more times in rushing attempts, 10 more passing attempts and rushing attempts, are 6-20 and 20 in the first two weeks. This will even out some throughout the season. As teams start to get better, you know, a better connection with their players, some of those, some of those stats will even out a little bit. It won't be so egregious that it's 16 to 1 in 6 and 20. It'll even out a little bit. And I'm not saying you should always run the ball more than you pass it, because that's a that's a full errands too. The concept is that you have to run the ball and you have to have balance in your game. If you try to always throw the ball like the, the Vikings are trying to do this year, where they got rid of Dalvin Cook and they said, screw it, we're only going to pass, they're going to lose a lot of games this year. That's a dumb way to play football is to tell your opponent in the scouting report, we don't do one thing. Go ahead and set up your defense. We don't care. We're going to beat it. You have to be able to run the ball. You have to set up a run early in the game. You need balance throughout the game. And I will tell you what I like about this, about Sark's game, about Sark's game plans. Texas, week one, 39 rushes, 36 passes. Week two, 37 rushes, 38 passes. Week three, 31 rushes, 21 passes. Sark is balanced. Now, that last week, it was a bit more rushed and passed because Quinn wasn't feeling it. I like it right there in that right, right where it's close. Can I tell you, 16-1, and one, two of those teams, Tampa Bay and Miami, had the same number of carries and passes. So you could say 18-1 and one if we want to say, if we want to change the stat to say equal or, or greater than rushes. It's 18-1 and one in that. But it's balance. And the more you want to be sexy and the more you want to throw the ball all the time and the more you want to make it the highlight play, the more you are gambling with your team's ability and your team's future, your team's chances to win. You are gambling. You're, you're, that's all you're doing. You are gambling. Because you're saying, I would rather take a 10% chance that this works than take a 50% chance that I know I can run the ball, that I can build this. And I may not be hitting it early. I may not be hitting my runs constantly, but I need to keep doing it. And if I'm, not, if I'm trying to run up the A gap and the B gap and it's not working, let me try and run it to the outside. Okay, if that's not working, let's try some delays. All right, that's not working, let's try some stunt. Let's try as many things as we can because I have to figure out a way to run the ball. I have to be able to run the ball. And this is any football. Now, I'm telling you NFL stats because it's a lot easier to populate NFL stats than it is to, to put together everyone in college football, even top 25. There's been 32 games played, so I can tell you out of 32 games, 26 to six teams who run the ball more than the teams who run the ball more have won. There's going to be a little bit of statistics in that because if you if you're winning, if you got a big lead, you're going to run the ball more. It may not be your basis, it may not be how you your game plan always, but you have to be able to run the ball in football. And Sark this year isn't worried, isn't trying to go into it thinking, well, I have my superheroes and Bijan and Roshan who can come in at the end, and they'll solve all of our problems. I don't. He's not thinking that. He says, all right, let's balance it out, because I don't know if I have a superhero in Jonathan Brooks or C.J. Baxter. When you go to the NFL and you worry about the Panthers and, and you look at the Texans, what are they doing? Well, they have offensive coordinators who think that Damian Pierce, that Miles Sanders, that their run game was going to bail out their quarterback. 
and they put no effort into it. They just said, it'll be there. Let's get our quarterback ready. And, oh, that's it. That's my brand-new toy. That's my brand-new toy I want to work with. And we'll figure out the run game. We'll figure that out because we got Damian Pierce on the Texans. We'll figure that one out. I want to play with my brand-new toy. I want to go play with C.J. Stroud, and we're going to try and get him as many passing attempts as we can. And what does it get you? Nothing, because you can't run the football. And you got a good running back, and you got multiple good running backs, but you get away from it so quick because you try and make C.J. Stroud do something, and then you're behind the chains, and then you, you, know, you run, and then it's, a, it's third and seven. And when I got a pass, you can't run the ball in third and seven. Well, you, why, why do you want me to run the ball more? I'm getting third and seven. Third and seven's your fault. You have to be able to run the ball. You have to be balanced. Sark, what I appreciate the most about what he is doing this year in his play calling is that he is balancing it out. Mid-range game, deep balls, running the ball, creating screen passes, all of these things. He's balancing them and doing the juggling act to create a way that Texas will be able to continue to find ways to win. Find your hot hand because you're balancing everything and you know, okay, we got to go a little stronger here or a little stronger here. You have to be able to run the ball to win in football. It is the case. I know they make you want to think that it doesn't anymore because they want you to, they don't want to pay the running backs, but that's not the case. You have to run the ball. You just do. The stats will tell you. It'll even out a little bit throughout the year. The stats will tell you. Run the damn football. The late great DKR told you. There's three things that can happen when you throw the ball, and two of them aren't good. You have to be able to run the ball. I like that Sark is doing it. I like that there's balance. I like that there's hope. For some of you guys out there that the zero losses, I'm with you. I think there may be one. I think there may be one. But I'm at one loss this year for Texas. I don't know where it's coming, but I'm with one. We're going to give you up to the Rangers. We appreciate everybody on the text line. Lifeblood of the show. Appreciate you following us online for the Big Fat Poll. We'll be back tomorrow. Full show. Right here on the Sports Complex. So be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow, 5 o'clock on the Sports Complex on the Horn.